0: Want to have better conversations? Join my free 21-day confidence-building course. You'll learn how to effectively talk about yourself and clearly explain what you do, so you'll be able to have more meaningful conversations with less awkward silences. Sign up now at freeconfidencecourse.com listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Did you know that body language makes up 55% of your communication? Yet when you're speaking, 55% of how you come across is through your body language, 38% is through your tone of voice, and only 7% is the words you use. So if you want to be a confident, effective speaker, whether it's speaking on stage, in a client meeting, or even one-to-one, you need to be aware of what your body language is saying about you. Welcome to episode 60 of the Standout Get Notice podcast. I am your host, Christina Canters, and today's episode is all about body language. In this episode, I'm really excited to be sharing with you a conversation I had with Blake Eastman, who is the founder of New York City-based company, The Nonverbal Group, which you can find at nonverbalgroup.com. Blake teaches people how to use nonverbal communication to be confident and successful in situations like business meetings, presentations, and in dating. He's obsessed with understanding human behavior and has developed a deep level of understanding of how our body language affects how others perceive us. Now, Blake uses real-world examples to explain his, you know, his little secret tricks for instantly making you more likable, more persuasive, and more confident. And the best part about all of this is you can easily implement these tips into your next business or social situation. Now, this is a conversation I featured on my very first podcast, Presentation Skills for Design Students, and it's one of my personal favorites. Blake is just overflowing with amazing insights, and I believe that it's just so important to learn and apply this stuff. So I wanted to share this conversation on this podcast with you because you probably haven't heard it. So we actually met up at his office in New York City for this recording. So I'm just letting you know that there is a bit of chatter in the background, but you can still hear pretty clearly what we're talking about. So it's all good. Now, because Blake shares so much and speaks quite fast, I suggest if you can to note down some things, grab a grab a pen and paper as you're listening to this, and I suggest you make note of even if it's just one or two things that you can implement this week, either during your daily conversations or for your next presentation. And if you do miss anything, jump on over to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Blake. That's B L A K. Alrighty, let's get to it. Hope you enjoy this one with Blake Eastman.
1: We're just obsessed with making people more effective throughout a broad spectrum of interactions, everywhere from presentations to, you know, meetings to dating to whatever. And we're all about making people more effective. And essentially, the number one way we do that is through video recording. So our office is outfitted with a, a ton of cameras that we can basically record everything that people do. So, for example, if you're about to walk in front of a group of people and give a presentation, there's certain behavioral indications or certain things that are, as soon as you walk up there, you're demonstrating, you're communicating that maybe you're not that assertive, or you don't know what you're doing, or, you know, you're not sure of your product, you're not sure of your design or your idea, and we kind of, like, use video to highlight that.
0: That must be really confronting for people. Yeah, (laughs) Video
1: video is the most confronting medium, Yeah. because it's actually what you look like. So, like, when you see, and I've seen it myself, I've... You know, seeing my own, and I'm like, ugh, don't really like that.
0: I know a lot of people are, it's very fun of confronting even just listening to their own voices, let alone watching themselves on video. I find it very hard to deal with watching myself on video. I think, am I that much of a dork in real life? (laughs) Apparently I am.
1: (laughs) People need to understand that what you may not like about yourself maybe something that other people do like, or other people don't even notice. So sometimes if you you approach a situation like, I hate my voice, then you limit the amount of time you speak, you limit the, you know, the power of your voice, and that's what makes you less effective, not the fact that your voice sounds weird or different. So we call it filters like a lot of people have filters for communication so there's certain things that go through so they're about to give a presentation and they're so concerned with nailing the presentation that they forget to be natural and comfortable and it's that anxiety that produces behaviors that make them less effective at what they do so it's really it's really about making sure you're fully comfortable in that space in order to be the most effective especially when you're dealing with design the most important thing is to really be confident, right? So it's like, and you could fake it to an extent, right? You can reduce things and you can say that maybe people fidget, right? So I can tell you, I can show you on a video camera that you're fidgeting throughout a presentation. But then again, one of the easiest ways to get rid of the fidgeting is to make them more comfortable. And like, that's kind of the trick is like, you know, practicing being comfortable. And most people don't do that. Most people like when they pitch, they don't do anything. They just go and pitch. Instead of like they'll practice it in front of people on their team. That's not really practice. Like the whole point is to really, you know, when you're out there, is practice as much as humanly possible and 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 really feel like you know the material and you know the stuff. And, and also another thing I always recommend is before delivering a pitch or before delivering a presentation, sometimes you have to like wait. So you'll like be in a waiting room and you'll wait there for like 45 minutes or you'll you'll be walking on the way to the pitch instead of have a conversation. So pick up the phone, talk to somebody, because you want to be constantly flowing, and then when you walk into that meeting, there's still flow. Sometimes people just sit there and go, ah, oh, I didn't really prepare that much, I don't really like this concept, blah, 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 And all those negative thoughts create negative behaviors, which then lead to not the best presentation.
0: Yeah. Like, when you're alone with your own thoughts, that can yeah. probably be the most distract- it, uh, destructive thing. It really thing. can.
1: And for and I've seen it. And for clients, like, a lot of it, like, design elements are one thing, like, of course. But you have to, you have to make... You have to come from the perspective that everybody's a pretty good designer, or everybody's pretty good at delivering this product, but the whole important thing is to leave your client with this notion of, I feel... I feel safe in their hands, right? So I feel that no matter what happens this person's going to get the job done. And I've seen people that are, you know, very talented, but you don't feel that. You don't feel that they're going to deliver. And a lot of that comes from, you know, being assertive and and having the ability to demonstrate that in front of a group of people. And if you don't, it's like the people they don't know what's wrong. They kind of look at the person and they're like something's up and they can't pinpoint it, right? They don't know what it is. They don't know exactly why they feel this way, but they just don't trust you. And that's that's a dangerous element, and you know they just write you off as oh oh I don't know what it is, and also you know what's so cool is, really it, the art of this is being able when you're pitching, especially when you're pitching, is to basically make sure that your message is delivered to every single person, because what sometimes happens is you know three people love you and one person's unsure, you should be paying attention to that one person that's unsure and not the three people that love you. Because when they go back and they have this little discussion, it's like, oh, I love them. I love them. I love them. I don't know. I found that he little bit like I thought this was area. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're kind of right. And it comes contagious within the group. So being really aware, like the highest form of pitching is being 100% aware of the people. So, the so
0: going back to that idea of people don't Really like you, or they don't, They just don't quite get you, and they don't know why. What they don't know why they're feeling unsure. How big a role does your body language play in that situation?
1: It, it's huge. Like the model we follow is behavior, context, why. So people observe a behavior within a given context, and if they don't have the why, they come up with their own reason why. So, for example, let's say that morning you had just spilled a coffee on your wearing a blazer and a a beautiful white blazer I'm sorry beautiful blue blazer and a white shirt get coffee all over the white shirt so you don't want to show this so what you do is you kind of take your arm and you hold the blazer in a certain way so it covers the stain right so that in, in immediate context that produces a behavior that's kind of weird now they don't know why so they don't know that you have a stain all they know is that you're just holding your jacket in this weird way and, and they make their own reason all oh, what what was that weird thing like maybe they were just nervous maybe they were insecure maybe blah blah, blah 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 and the trick is to give the people the why so if that were to happen you'd be like I'm so sorry guys I just I just stained myself I'm just going to do it because those kind of things prevent you from being you know more effective and it, it can be everything from slight hesitations from looking down from you know there's no flow to the way you're speaking to the way you answer questions to how you greet people I mean there's so many different things that can essentially go wrong and the way to really yeah prevent this is to be fully comfortable and that's the thing that most people don't have they don't have that full comfort in front of a group of people and as a designer that's something that you need to work like that needs That can make, that can make a completely, complete difference in the amount of money that you make and the amount of clients that you have and everything is that social aspect of it, right? And it's something that you don't train, you know, spend all the time with color theory and all the time in Photoshop and all the tools and stuff, but you don't really think to train the social element, which is at the end of the day is the element that's going to get, that's where you're going to get paid. That's how you're going to get paid. And it's also, you know, all those little skills that will allow you to raise your salary and allow you to, you know, effectively communicate that you have value in an organization and you're not just, um, oh, I'll do anything. I'll do yeah. anything.
0: You know, so what's the number one, one major thing that would be simple to change for people in terms of what they're doing with their body language. What's, what's a simple thing that they can change. That's going to have a big impact.
1: I think the biggest thing is really point A to point B movements. So what does that mean? So I'll explain. So basically when confidence, looks if you if you're to view confidence in terms of behavior it's it's from moving from point a to point b and a lot of people that lack confidence instead of going from point a to point b they go from a to a point one to a point two to a point three in
0: terms b. of looking so, at the different people in the audience in term
1: in terms of everything right so let's okay. say as soon as you walk into a room yeah there's an opportunity maybe you have this weird hesitation where you're not sure if you should shake their hands or not That's an 8.1. So you look at them and you're like, I should shake hands. I don't know. Is this the right time? And you kind of slightly hesitate. Instead of just getting up and walking right over to those person and shaking their hands. Or even with statements and even with answering questions. Sometimes people are asked questions. And you can be asked a question that you don't understand. You could just look at the floor, think about it, and then powerfully say, you know what? I'm 100% sure. And it works. It really yeah. works as a way of communicating that. So thinking from moving from point A to point B really demonstrates the assertion. Right, That's where a lot of the assertive qualities. Like if you were to graph people's movements that are assertive, you'll see that they, they're more likely to move from point A to point B. I like to use the example of um, like a simple task. Like what, what if you were ask a waiter or a waitress, you know, what salad should I get today? And they said to you, definitely get the Cobb salad. It's one of the best. It kind of holds more weight versus they're like, ah, you know, well, everything is kind of good here. Uh, this is OK. This is OK. As soon as they start talking, you're like, all right, stop. I'll, I'll pick my own thing. Right. It's that level of quality that this person knows what's right. So
0: just. Practicing that, yeah, practicing that level
1: of assertion. So, like yeah. one of the things you want to do is maybe you can. Um, some of my clients, I have them negotiate prices of things. So when they walk in, so right now when you walk into a store and a bottle of water is a dollar fifty, you gotta take that bottle of water down to a dollar. So you say to the store clerk, like, "Are you serious? Like, I'm here almost every single day. Like, I can cross the street, but I like you. Like, let's let's just give it to me for a dollar. Like, come on. I know these things are like ten cents. All right, right, fine. That's practicing that level of assertion that can be incredibly useful.
0: Okay, that's really good. Yeah, you know something that happened to me recently when I arrived in in la from australia the customs are real immigration are really really tough yeah. there and i knew that they would be questioning me about like what's the purpose of your stay how long i you going to be here and i made sure that i was really assertive when they said where are you staying how long are you going to be here for because australians tend to go um i'm staying in manhattan yeah. like pe- we tend to do that upward yeah. inflection it sounds uh-huh. like we're questioning everything mm-hmm. and that we're unsure of what we're saying so i was like i'm staying in manhattan I'm staying for 88 days, and then I'm flying to London. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yep, sure, stamp, easy. Huh? I didn't have any problems at all. And I've met people who were doing the exact same thing as me, but for some reason were held up and, and had real problems getting through.
1: And that's exactly what they're trained to do, right? They're trained to look for people that suck things up. Like my second time traveling back from Europe, which I, I travel with a ton of Aussies and weird. So I get back from Europe and I'm, I was so glad to be home. It was over, you know, I was gone for two months. I was happy to be home. And I'm sitting in front of the person and I'm smiling like giddy, like a child when I'm in JFK. And the people are looking at me like kind of weird, like, oh, no, I'm just happy to be home, man. But all my stuff gets searched. They went through everything. My big bag, my big backpack, got, everything got searched because they're like this is weird. Why is somebody this happy inside? And I didn't give him that context. I didn't say anything like, "Oh, you know." he didn't, didn't explain why. I didn't explain why. Well, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, no, I'm happy to be home." And it just looked weird, you know. And that's why they ultimately searched me. You know, it makes yeah. sense. And that's the same thing as you know, with a client, they're not going to search you. They're not going to ask you, "Hey, listen, I have a question. You look like you're fidgeting a little bit. You look a little anxious. Do you really feel like you can do this job?" They're never going to say that. They're just going to say, "There's something's up." Something's up. So those, those skill sets need to be practiced and yeah. something that people don't do, you know. Imagine if you were to spend equal amount of time practicing the tools of like Adobe Suite or something of that versus Social Suite, right? And like all those social dynamics, it's, it's very important and it's something that's forgotten about.
0: Hmm. How can you tell if you've lost someone through their body language?
1: For the most part, number one is always going to be eye contact, always. So we look towards things that we're interested in. Um, and usually you see one break so first you see like a check of a phone or a, a glance as soon as you've seen that once you've lost them it, I think of it this way in terms of eye contact if you're about to tell somebody like the secrets to life Like if I was about to say like listen what I'm about to say is going to make you a wizard Right, and it's gonna you magical powers. You're gonna pay attention to the person. It's the same exact thing With the conversation if they've provided if they find you to be valuable if they think what you're saying is valuable They're gonna look at you, right? If they check their phone and they say, Oh, I'm sorry. This is no, that means that you're not, it's not valuable. So it's usually the first thing that kind of goes is that break in eye contact. Uh, and then there's all the other variables, you know, like playing with phone, fidgeting, things of that nature. The problem, I'll tell you a little secret that I've noticed. The problem with designers, especially if you're dealing with like branding agencies and media companies and things like that, a lot of the people that you're pitching to are socialized to know to be respectful so they know how to do the whole fake they'll look at you they'll shake their head and sometimes you need to find subtler patterns like so one of the things i look for is like head nodding like some people from the very gecko they'll nod their head they'll nod your head throughout the entire thing <laughs> and you'll think that oh my god you know i killed it you didn't kill yeah. it you just the people are very social the people are very nice and that's what created that dynamic you know Ideally, anybody listening, you know, ideally you get past the level where you're so comfortable with what you're saying, now you can focus on your audience. Usually people don't in presentations, they don't get past the comfortable with what I'm saying. So they're so concerned with delivering their presentation that they're forgetting that a presentation is like almost like a conversation, a dynamic interaction. And they forget about their audience and they just start to focus on, you know, okay, make sure I go over slide two, make sure I go over slide three. And you really don't want to be in that state because then it's not coming off as natural. Yeah.
0: because yeah. I guess really you're trying to get your message across to the audience. Yeah. And if the audience isn't there with you, then it doesn't matter what you say or do. Mm-hmm. If they're not with you then that message isn't gonna get across. Yeah. So it's like, should
1: I even be here right now? Like just yeah. walk out, you know? And sometimes you can walk in and who knows, every once in a while I've seen, you know, you freelanced once for somebody that was working there and you guys don't like each other and as soon as you walk in there you're like I'm done. <laughs> like this isn't gonna work out. You know what I mean? Because of some past experience, or some past filter, or something like that. You just don't know.
0: So, what can people do if they notice that people are doing those things—fidgeting, looking at phones, not paying attention? What can they? What, what's something that they can quickly implement pivot. to help them instantly
1: pivot? If you're if you're if you're through, you know, the third thing of your slide and it's not working. Got to pivot. Just not working. Guys, do something else. And sometimes being straight is the most useful thing. Like, listen, guys, you don't see that interested in this pitch. I'm trying to make this more. Let me know. I'm mean, I'm sure all day you've experienced tons of pitches. Let me know what you want. And let me tell you if we're a good fit right now. Like, like that stands out so differently from everybody else. Nobody does that. Everybody just sort of like, oh my god, I'm losing them. Okay, let me keep. Nobody will pivot that way because it takes a. It's hard. It's not an easy thing to, to just throw out what you're doing and kind of but that will work because that will make you stand out in terms of how like if people like most design pitches beyond they go the same way like they do they have a certain they of course the visuals are going to be good of course there's certain things that kind of happen and if they're not good then you know that's a whole nother conversation like you're operating at a different level if i'm assuming that you're a talented designer who has their shit together when it comes in terms of visuals and things of that nature and the way they introduce, talk about experience, talk about this, 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 this. When all of a sudden you experience ten things that are relatively consistent, the one thing that stands out is completely different. So if all of a sudden if you're the first person that doesn't have visuals, it's different. Like imagine like that's what I would do. If I knew I was pitching and ten people had visuals and I was number five, I wouldn't use any visuals. I would say visuals, no, we don't. I'll be honest with you, we don't. I don't waste my time with this back and forth. I'm first trying to really understand what you're going through, and then I'll submit them via email, and then we'll talk. Like, or do something completely different because yeah. then you stand out and you're more likely to be remembered.
0: And even just when you were talking about pivoting, that's just being really authentic. That's like the most that. authentic people, thing. People yeah. don't actually, people don't expect that. And yeah. you're right, it really doesn't happen.
1: And it, it takes them, it's like, wow, that that person's different. And it's because of that, most that, yeah. people don't pivot. They just stick with their line.
0: <laughs> okay, like I want to take just a little bit of a, pivot Mm -hmm. now actually in the conversation now with everyone who I interview on the podcast I like to ask them about their two things have you heard of the two things no okay so it's based on the idea that any topic or subject can be summed up in just two things Uh so distilled down to those two things and anything else is either an application of those things Uh or it's just not important okay so there's actually a website dedicated to this and and I found I'll just give you an example Uh, the two things about Pornography. Okay. Number one, cable guy, oral, oral, doggy ass, facial, neck scene, repeat. Number two, no matter how weird, someone will have a website dedicated to your fetish online. Okay. So
1: So two things about body language?
0: That's hard. Um... (laughs) No, 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 no. Two things. What are your two things about approaching strangers?
1: Uh, Approaching strangers. Mm. Okay. Um, Number one, no one really cares about you. Basically, people overestimate how much their social interactions matter. So like you walk up to somebody in the street and you're like, "Hey, how are you?" and you think that, "Oh my god, they're going to remember you." They're not. They if you're a celebrity, then they will, but they're not going to remember you, right? For the most part. So there's like a freedom in that sense, right? Yeah. And um, the second thing is the most bra- the, the the bravest people are the ones that get rejected. So The people, a lot of people like will sit there and critique other people. Like, oh, this person just walked up to that person and got rejected, but they're not doing the same thing. Like, Mm. the people in action are the bravest souls, right? So, the, the, yeah, I definitely think those are the two important things. And if you understand those, those principles, like, one, people don't really care. And two, there's nothing wrong with rejection. It's a brave thing. That in itself, should make you so, if you really embody those, I'm not just talking about, like, say it to yourself, if you really believe that, that should make you so natural that you're able to function in pretty much every social interaction. Wow. And then maybe for, like, you know, I have to just say a little caveat to that, for, like, (laughs) 0.01 or 0.1% of the population, less than that, like, 0.01, you'll have some sort of behavioral pattern that is, like, a quirk that makes them different or weird or so on and so forth. But for the average person, if you really embody those two principles, You'll be fine.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you know that I I blogged about this the other day. Actually, I was at the Saint Patrick's Day parade, and I was—I didn't know anyone. I was just standing there in the crowd, and I thought I just want to start talking to someone because I was bored. Mm -hmm. So I just said, I sort of turned to the guy next to me, and I was like, "Man, it's really cold. You know, hope it's—you know—this thing had better start soon." And he just ignored me, like he didn't even turn around, and I was like. Oh my God, how embarrassing. Everyone's going to think I'm a freak, but no, no, no one did. No. And I actually had two ladies in front of me actually turned around and were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is really cold. So it was fine. But for that split second, I was freaking out. And then I realized, you know what? No, no one knows who I am. I can just move to a different area of the crowd. No one's going to remember who I am.
1: So no one knows. There's And, and the, only re- the only way they'll remember you is if there's some sort of weird connection, right? And then that's usually a good thing. Yeah. Like for the for the most part, nobody really remember. cares. Yeah. Like.
0: No, that's yeah. awesome. That's a, that's a great, a really great attitude to also apply to to your presentation as well. No one yeah. ad- and that, I think that's a great way to uh, help people to not be as self conscious when they're presenting. Thank you so much for sharing no all your your stories and your knowledge. It's been it's been really awesome, and I hope, well, I'm sure all of our listeners will definitely take something away from this episode. So thank you. Okay, great. <laughs> thank you. Hope you enjoyed that one with Blake Eastman. He shares an incredible amount of stuff, doesn't he? I it blew my mind just sitting there talking to him for that short space of time. I could have heard him talk for hours more. I'll put links to where you can connect with Blake and learn more about his work. I'll put that in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Blake. That's B-L-A-K-E, or you can go straight to nonverbalgroup.com. And also if you got something out of this episode please share it with someone who you think would also appreciate it and find it valuable. You can send them the link, thecmethod.com Blake, or simply tell them about it and say, hey, you got to subscribe to Stand Out, Get Noticed with Christina Cantors. It totally rocks. <laughs> and that wraps up episode 60. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I will see you next week for another episode. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. as we're talking uh, body language in this episode, I thought I'd play something that's a little bit all about that bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear I ain't no size two, but I can shake it, shake it like I'm supposed to do, because I got that boom boom that all the boys chase, got all the right junk in all Photoshop, we know that shit ain't real. Please just make it stop. If you got beauty, beauty, just raise them up. Cause every inch of you is perfect from the bottom to the top. Yeah, my mama, she told me don't worry about your size. She says boys like a little more booty to hold an eye. So, if that's what you're into, then go ahead and move along. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, got that bass, no treble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass. You know...